0: This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. Lord God, we we live in a time of uncertainty. For some, uh, a time of, of darkness. We live in a time of hope that is often failing. We ask, Lord, that you would come and and meet us today, that you would reveal yourself to us and that you would hold our glance, that you would hold our eyes on you this day and every day. Because in you and in you alone, we find a foolproof life. Pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. It was a Saturday in early October. We were hoping that she was going to get a a day pass from the hospital so she could come home and, and watch the Badger game. And then the, the following day, we were hoping that she would get discharged from the hospital uh, as she recovered from her chemo treatment and trying to get stronger for the next one that was coming. We were hoping. Well, well, that Saturday didn't turn out the way that, that we were hoping. Uh, she woke up and, and she didn't feel that good. And she was just queasy, and you could tell in her look, right? And, and so we did not get that day pass that day. Uh, but we were hoping that through the night, you know, she'd gain her strength back, she would get a little better, and, and that we would go ahead and be discharged, and, and then she could get home in time for the Packer game. Um, but that didn't happen either. Saturday night was, was not a good night. Sunday morning was not a, a good morning at all. Her, her health was deteriorating. I, I was hoping that she'd be able to lay still when they did the MRI. But the, the pain in her stomach was too much. So instead of making that 13-minute drive from St. Vincent's Hospital in Green Bay to our home in De Pere, we did a 42-minute flight-for-life helicopter ride from St. Vincent's to Children's. I was blessed to be able to to be on that flight. A couple of times during that, that flight, I asked through my headset to the medics who were taking care of her, is, is she okay? And they responded how they needed to respond because after all, we were up in the air a few feet and moving along and they said, yeah, she's, she's okay. When we landed at Children's Hospital, the door opened, a doctor came flying out and said, I just want you to know that she's worse off than she was when you left Green Bay. Come to find out, she had coded a number of times in the flight. They ushered her into surgery uh, with an amazing medical team. And as the surgery doors shut, even the surgeons thought that the door of hope had also shut. Have you ever experienced that? The feeling that the door of hope was shut? The feeling of hopelessness? Well, today we're continuing our series, Foolproof, and uh, we're wrapping it up, actually. We're gonna be going into 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And, and what we're going to look at through these words, the question we're going to answer is, how can you keep from losing your hope? Okay, so let's dive in. First Corinthians 15, one says, now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you. Some of us are are familiar with that term gospel, so it doesn't bother us at all. We know what's going on for others of us. You know, it's not a word that you use out in the community, really, right? And so the word gospel means good news, all right? There is good news. Now, if there is good news, however, there also must be bad news, Losing hope is bad news people from every culture throughout time have been on a search for hope. And so God wants to guide us and direct us to to where we can find sure and certain hope. And so he says to Paul through the Holy Spirit, "Right, I want you to write these words. And he's writing these words we're gonna look at here in a minute to a a young church planner. He's beginning a a church. His name is Timothy. And he goes, "I, I want you to share this with the people. And that's you and me now, too, so you don't get confused on where we can find hope. He says, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. See, Some of us, we're we're living our lives thinking, boy, you know, if we can just get to this amount in our retirement account, we'll be good to go, and our future will be great. Well, I hope so. For some of us, we're we're living our lives, if I can just get that job promotion, that'll bump me up just a little bit more in salary, we'll be on our way, and everything will be great. Well, I hope so. Others of us are are saying, boy, if we could just pay off our debts, that would really smooth out the path, and and everything will be great. I hope so. Some of us are are living our lives like, if I could just get struck by lightning, I mean, mean, win the lottery. It's kind of the same odds, right? Everything will be great. Well, I hope so. But if you've been following the stock market, you know that money is uncertain. There's ups and downs. I think most of us know, right? Super Bowls later today, I was hoping I was hoping that, that my team was going to be playing in it. I, I mean, after all, come to find out, my team that I root for, they have the MVP and one of the best receivers in the game. You know, I was hoping they were going to be playing today. More than that, I was hoping they were going to win today. But then this kicker from the San Francisco 49ers made this field goal on the last play of the game and my hopes were dashed. Our hopes and outward circumstances are uncertain. You know that. You're you're running late for a meeting, or you're running late to pick up the kids or grandkids from school, and that light that is never red is red. And your blood pressure skyrockets. Through the last couple of years, the pandemic has taught us anything. It's taught us that our circumstances are uncertain. You know what else is uncertain? We are. Have you ever made a promise and then broke it? we're yeah. A couple of weeks ago, I, I told Jackie that I would change the water filter in our refrigerator, because after all, the little red light had been on for quite some time already. Mm-hmm. I, I told her I would change it, and, and it was going to be easy because we already had the filter. Mm-hmm. And it, it's easy. Even I can do it. You just unscrew the old one and screw in the new one. That was a couple weeks ago. I got it done in time for this message. <laughs> right? And it gets worse. Right? Paul said of himself and of, of you and me, the, the good I want to do, I, I don't do. The evil that I don't want to do, this I keep on doing. I can't that about myself. Money's uncertain. Our circumstances are uncertain. We're uncertain. Life's uncertain. There's a a ton of tough things. We pour a ton of money into our our government, and and it just seems like there's all this bickering going back and forth. They don't work together very well. At least that's what it seems. And yet, I don't know that we would want to live in any other government. Either. Life is tough. Loved ones get addicted. Loved ones face health crises. Loved ones tell us they don't love us anymore. There's misunderstandings. There's racism there's loss of jobs and loss of life sometimes and some of you know this you you think you can't get any lower that things can't get any worse that nothing more can be dumped on you and then there it is it could get worse it did get worse and we feel fearful and overwhelmed We feel rejected and trapped. And it feels like the door of hope is shut. So how can you keep from losing hope? Don't put your hope in the uncertain. Okay? Don't put your hope in the uncertain. Dr. Dale Archer said this, if I could find a way to package and dispense hope, I would have a pill more powerful than any depressant on the market. Hope. Certain hope. God knows we need certain hope. And so it continues in 1 Corinthians 15. 15. By this gospel, you are saved. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. And here's the good news. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That he was buried. That he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelfth. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me as to one abnormally born. Sin causes the brokenness and the feelings of hopelessness in our world in our world. That's why there's fires. That's why there's earthquakes. That's why there's tornadoes and pandemics. Sin has broken the world. It's changed things. But it's not only changed things out there, it's changed things in here as well. That's why you have world-class athletes in the Olympics who cheat and use drugs to try to do better. That's why we get sick and that's why there's even death and death stings. It hurts really bad. It seems so final. And some of us know all about that really deeply right now. But God brings deliverance from sin and death. This is how he foretold it was gonna happen. And this is how it actually happened, that deliverance, that hope. It's found in Isaiah chapter 53. Isaiah 53 is written like 700 years before Jesus. It describes what happens on that cross perfectly. Let's take a look. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised, and we held him in low esteem. He was different. People didn't run to him so much. As they got to know him, they... Stepped away from him. It's just weird. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. We looked at him up on the cross in the agony and and, in the pain. and, And it just made sense to us to think that he was getting what he deserved. We don't know what it was, but it it must have been bad. So he's getting it. He deserved it. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us is turned to our own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before its shears is silent. So he didn't open his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. Yet who of his generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people, he was punished. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Christ died for our sins. The wages of sin is death. There had to be a price that was paid. Jesus rose from the dead three days later, just as the scriptures say. And understand that when he walked out of that tomb, when that stone was rolled away, the door of hope was opened up again. Here's the thing about Christianity. It all rises and falls on the resurrection of Jesus. If that's true, everything about Christianity is true. If that's not true, everything about Christianity is false. And there is no hope. That's why Paul spent all this time sharing with the Corinthians and you and me who Jesus appeared to. He appeared to him, he appeared to him. And it was even this time where he appeared to 500. What Paul was saying to those people in his present day audience, his present day audience was this. If you don't believe me, he appeared to 500 at one time. Some of them are still alive. Get on the bus from Corinth and get to Jerusalem. Talk to them, okay? They're eyewitnesses. They saw Yeah, Resurrection, of Jesus, People have been trying to disprove it throughout time. Okay? One of the theories that is used is, is the swoon theory. And what it is, is, is that, that Jesus was so beaten up, he had lost so much blood that he fainted on the cross. Okay? He, he didn't die, he simply fainted. Okay? And, and so they put him in the tomb and, and with the door shut, the rock in front of the tomb, it got nice and cool in the tomb. And he was able to, in that coolness, revive, come out of his state of of having fainted. But somehow then, this guy that fainted, lost all that strength that he fainted, was was able to be strong enough to push the rock out of the tomb store. And by the way, too, that's kind of an affront to the Roman soldiers. Those guys were professional killers. They knew when someone had died, right? This wasn't anything new to them. This isn't something that they just walked across and ran on to the very first time. They knew all about crucifixion and how it worked. So we go into the scriptures, we look at the crucifixion. There was two other people crucified with Jesus. When the Roman soldiers got to those two other people, they saw they were still alive. And so they broke their legs, which made their way go down on their diaphragm, which made it really hard to breathe even more so than it was. And, and that took care of them. But when they got to Jesus, they didn't do that because they knew he was already dead. And because the scriptures had to be fulfilled, which said that no bone of his body would be broken. But just to make sure the Roman soldiers took a spear and rammed it through his side and blood and water came pouring out and they knew and the medical profession knows that that's a sign of death. He died, but he didn't stay dead. Three days later, he came back to life just like he promised he resurrected. Sin and death had closed the door to hope, but Jesus' life, death, and resurrection had opened that door to hope right back up. So how can you keep from losing hope? Put your hope in the work and character of God who never fails. Think about it this way. When you get overwhelmed, when you get anxious, you get fearful, who or what are you looking at? looking at ourselves and we're looking at our situation. And we're not looking at God. Our circumstances and our situation seem so big because that's what we're concentrating on. And we let the really, really big almighty powerful God off to the side. Paul wrote this in Romans. Therefore, Since we've been justified, that means declared not guilty. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, not through works or accomplishments, not by worrying, not by anxiety, not by fears, not by avoidance, not by materialism, not by comparison, not by personalities, but when we've been declared not guilty by faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. That's hope. Hope is outside of us because hope is based on the work and character of God. See, the the glory of God is that he does things that you and I can't do. He's God. We're not. We can't even begin to pay for one of our sins, let alone the sins of someone we love, let alone all the sins we've committed, let alone all the sins of the whole world. But Jesus did. we could not muster up the strength to come back to life after our death, never enter our mind. But Jesus did. See, the glory of God is found not in how much you and I strive to find him, It's found in how much God strives to find us. The glory of God is not the links to which we'll go to be close to him. It is the links to which he has already gone to be close to us. The glory of God is this, is that when we can't see a way, God's already provided the way. Jesus is the hope that changes everything. And his glory is already here, That doesn't mean that our, our circumstances are necessarily going to change, but it means that we can look at our circumstances differently. For example, if I go outside late at night, say 10.30, 11 o'clock at night, it's just dark, right? I'm not gonna be seeing a whole lot. But if I put on night vision goggles, I'm gonna see a whole lot. Sometimes our, our circumstances, sometimes our wealth, sometimes ourselves, sometimes the things in this world are dark and it appears there's no hope. But when we look through the lens of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, there's hope. We can be resilient, not because life is easy, but because Jesus is always with us, even in the dark and difficult times. Jesus told us, he promised us, he goes, hey, in this world, you will have trouble. But don't be afraid. I've overcome the world. Think back to that little girl at the beginning. If that little girl would have died, that'd have been really hard. If that little girl had died, it would still be really hard today. But don't be confused. If that little girl had died, she'd be alive with Jesus in heaven. So what can help us put our hope in the character and work of God? And in, in other words, when, when we're through with our time of worship and we go out into the, to the real world, how can we take the message of hope with us into real life? First thing, stop the spin, okay? That there is no hope is fake news. That's a conspiracy theory. That's the devil lying to you. Stop the spin, replace the spin, with the good news of Jesus. Crack open your Bible app on your phone or your computer or the book. Holy Spirit used about 40 different men over the course of 1,500 years to write it. There are timeless truths in there. Replace the spin with the good news of Jesus. Share your heart with God in prayer. When you're going through tough times, this isn't where you got to fake it. God knows it's tough. So often we try to make it on our own. And again, God says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Jesus isn't saying, suck it up, buttercup. He's saying, I've got you. Rely on my strength. Share your heart with a friend who also loves and trusts Jesus. Stop the spin, replace the spin, share your heart with God, share your heart with a friend. You know what? The world will think you're crazy. But here's the deal. You'll be founding your life on the person and work and character of of Jesus Christ. And that's foolproof. And that will give you certain hope forever. Let's pray. Lord God, a a lot of times as you know, in our lives, we're really disappointed. Things didn't turn out the way we had planned the way we had hoped for. We're downcast, sometimes we even get angry. Uh, but we are placing our hope in things like money or circumstances or, or people or ourselves. And no matter how hard we tried, that's, that's, all, that's all just uncertain. Thank you for your word and for sharing with us the truth that our hope is sure and certain. We see it in the work and the character of our Savior Jesus Christ who opened the door to hope when he paid for all of our sins and rose again to life. Lord, help us to fix our eyes on you for with you We have sure and certain hope. Pray this in your name, Jesus, who did things we could never do, like defeat sin and conquer death. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast, brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.